you know, the, the forlorn hope is kind of, um, so I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this is really the first foray of the Donner Party going out into the wilderness and attempt to get help, correct? Well, other than the individuals that they sent from the trail itself, you know, they sent right, a right, couple right. guys from the trail. Oh, and, right, yeah, and yeah. And, of course, James Reed. But, yeah, this was – and there were some false starts, and there were some false starts, after, you know, like uh, uh, Margaret Reed made a futile attempt to leave with her kids and was – easily repelled back and right but this this was yeah these people were serious as a heart attack they 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 were the you know it started with 17 and quickly you know the first couple of days out they a couple of them came back but they uh, had fashioned these snowshoes and uh, they were considered to be the stoutest strongest of the bunch and mm. should be able to make it Right. And so, yeah. so, so, so they, so they started out. So their goal was basically to get help. And they were, so th- it was really the first of the group who got stranded. This was after they got stranded and then they were, they, yes. this was their first attempt. And this one gets pretty wonky. It's pretty crazy because as you mentioned, there's uh, 17 people that went out originally, right? Yeah. And, and this is, uh, so as they're going out, like you said, things got hard pretty quickly. You got what, 10, 20 feet of snow. It's freezing cold. And one thing I forgot to mention, uh, two, actually two funny things that for some reason, and you make a point to mention this in the book a few times and it cracked me up. There was always tobacco. Like everyone had tons of tobacco and it was yeah. like, oh, they went out on this expedition. They had beef jerky. They had, you know, some things to make fire. They had uh, clothes, yeah. snowshoes and a pound of tobacco each. <laughs> I was like, why, why was that so important? Yeah. Oh, well, that was very important to all of them. I mean, everybody smoked Yeah. and uh, mostly pipes. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, it was, we, 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 the editorial, we, we've been hooked on nicotine from the get go. Yeah. No, yeah, I guess so. It just seemed like of all the things they could have had, like the, each one to make sure they had tobacco was funny to me. Um, and also, uh, with, with this particular group, um, so they made snowshoes, right? Like they, they, um, Yes. To try to like get to to go out there to try to fight the wilderness. Yeah. Um, right. And so, like I said, two days out there, they're already struggling. And this yeah. is the group that first is, there's a guy named Patrick Dolan. And this is, I believe, right. the first time in the story where they're so uh, kind of, you know, at their wits end that they really decide on cannibalism or he at least makes that suggestion. That, that is exactly right. No, that's the very first time that that uh, cannibalism was employed as a means of survival. And uh, it was, as I described, a difficult decision, but uh, ultimately uh, it was one they knew they had to make and, and, and carry out. And, and of course that cannibalism continued uh, with others. Um, to me, though, I'll just cut to the chase. The, okay. the most incredible thing to me, uh, but it shouldn't have surprised me about the whole story of the forlorn hope is this 
is where we have an example. You know, people always think, well, the Donner Party, they were human cannibals. They killed people and ate them. They only ate the dead, except mm-hmm. on the forlorn hope. Right. They actually murdered two Miwok Indians. They killed them in cold blood and ate them because the rationale was, well, they're not humans. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're expendable. And these uh, Luis and Salvador, who had been sent out uh, with pack animals with supplies by Sutter, uh, brought them, you know, life-sustaining food, and and they were totally innocent. And uh, But when they started to weaken themselves, you know, it's kind of like a wolf pack. They smell the weakness there and uh, they finally just came down to the rationalization well let's just kill them and eat them and in fact they did they were shot and field dressed and uh, roasted and eaten and then the irony is who rescued the forlorn hope right miwok indians <laughs> the same tribe you know and 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 save their asses so right. it's uh, all these ironies i think well and, and it's crazy because um you know, the, the first, the, from what I remember, the first, the way it first starts out is he suggests it. And at the time, they actually take a vote to see who they're going to kill. Um, and then yeah. they kind of, so they're all like, I think they even get to the point where they draw straws. And then oh, uh, yeah. cooler heads prevail and they decide, all right, look, nature's going to take its course at some point. Who, uh, you know, whoever goes first, we're going to eat them. And they, they made a pact that you wouldn't eat your kin, people you were related to. Right. And that all happened be, here, right? Be, yeah, because kin were uh, uh, eaten uh, by others uh, right in front of their relatives on this Jeez. journey. You know, it was, they, they, they always tried not to eat their own kind, their own family. I mean, back in the camps, of course, and, and on this, but... You know, uh, you know, I forget which one of them said they're sitting there saying, I, you know, I suddenly realized I was watching someone eat my brother's roasted heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that could cause some real damage, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. To putting it lightly, some really horrible, horrible nightmares, you know. And uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it, it just. You know, it's an extraordinary, um, the other thing is, and I think this is important to say about this whole thing, cannibalism, both, as I describe it, ritualistic or ceremonial cannibalism and survival cannibalism has always been with us since the beginning of mankind, if you will. Uh, cannibalism in one form or another has always been practiced. And particularly in the, in the 19th century, there were many, many instances of cannibalism, especially maritime cannibalism, Hmm. shipwrecks, maroon people, uh, polar explorations, uh, and, 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 and well into, uh, uh, the 20th century, the Warsaw Ghetto, Stalingrad. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have been placed in that position uh, where they are forced to consume the flesh of the dead and uh, and survive. You know, 
there a great book called Alive. Uh, it back came out in the seventies, and it was about the soccer team of these young South American kids from uh, that were uh, marooned. Their plane crashed in the Andes, and and they had to resort to survival cannibalism. It's wow. their story, and 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 eating the deceased, and they were rescued and they were not, they were not marooned. Uh, any were not nearly as long as the, the greater Donner party. H- however, that, that cannibalism that they went through saved so many of them. And, and that's what the Donner uh, descendants always point to. They said they started sooner. They, Mm-hmm. They were uh, more, still more coherent and clear-headed, and they, they, they actually, and of course, uh, uh, being uh, Latinos and Latinas, they uh, were almost all uh, Catholic, mm-hmm. and they, they just made this into some sort of Eucharist or mm-hmm. communion, oh, yeah, and yeah. Oh, that's they considered it a sacred uh, uh, oh. act. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and interestingly enough, although they all grew up to be pretty good people, a lot of them became physicians and and uh, so forth. That book is called Alive, and uh, a great title because they they are alive. Yeah, and um, yeah. So so the the forlorn, forlorn hope is kind of a little mini. Uh, well, it's not many. It's really a tragedy within the tragedy. Right. Uh, and and unfortunately, some of uh, the, uh, some of them did survive that trek. And God, they were totally wasted. If it wasn't for the Miwoks and feeding them acorns, right? Uh, they all would have died. Well, it's the whole the whole thing's got. There's a couple of the quick little details I want to mention that make this story particularly uh, memorable. Um, on Christmas and Christmas Eve, three people ended yeah. up dying. Uh, on yeah. uh, right around Christmas Eve, um, they leave a camp of death, right? Like they, that, that's what you. I think that's what they call a it. Camp of death is what is what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they leave there, um, and they were all kind of like looking. Or it was kind of like the Looney Tunes cartoons because after they'd done it once, after they because Antonio was the first to go, they eat him. Yeah. And they were all kind of like yeah. looking around. You know, it's kind of like it, like I said, Looney Tunes c- cartoons where everyone. Is kind of looking at each other and they turn into like a hot dog or a chicken leg, you know, like everyone was kind of like sizing well, each other up. Well, they're and seeing, they're seeing who's limping the most, right. who's, and and at the same time, adrenaline's pumping, and I've got to keep up, I've got to keep up, you right. know, all this inner turmoil. It must be, it must have been going on within all of them. Um, you know, I can't lag behind, I can't fall, I can't stop. I've got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm sure whatever adrenaline they have left would just pulsing through their bodies. Right. Well, and there's another earlier quote that, you, that in, in your book that's it says um, survival takes commitment. Uh, yeah. Meaning, you know, and once you give up, it's easy to die. Meaning that, like, you really have to commit to surviving under these conditions. And if you don't, you're dead. And that happened to a lot of people. They kind of just gave up. Uh, and, and they gave up it and then they go sort of crazy. If you remember, they, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. some, for some reason they're compelled to, uh, which seems so unbelievable, but they're, they rip off their clothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And they, they're just totally delirious and they're just in, out of it completely. 
And uh, it's a horrible way to die. Well, and, and along those lines, this was the other thing I was going to mention is that three times in the book, I, I, I needed to read it three times to really understand the rationale behind this, but they would rub ice on their frostbitten limbs, which only exacerbates the problem. Yeah. I, I, that, that doesn't even, yeah. uh, who came up with that one? That, that was, a, it was one of those old, uh, they weren't the only ones that, that, that people would do. Oh yeah. It was like common practice, right? Like that. Yeah. 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 It, it, uh, it's so weird, but it just defies like, logic so much. It's like this, the heel of burn, you, you stick it in a, for, in a campfire, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember some of them uh, actually were severely burned. They were so numbed out and so mm-hmm. forth. They right. fall asleep and uh, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden find part of their body in a fire. Yeah. You know? It was just, uh, I, I, it, it, it was a, just a total living nightmare. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and so just to, just to put a little button on this, I just want to reiterate. So they had these two guides that had been given to them, and these Indian guides were – they were the ones that were really helping them trek through the forest. So yeah. – and the first time murder happens at the Donner Party, these two guys get shot. They get field dressed, as you mentioned. And then it's they – It's not the first – it's not the it's not the first murder. It's the first oh, murder for food. Correct. Right. Remember okay. Good distinction. those right. Germans killed uh, – right. there were people actually murdered also. Correct. Right, right, right. And, That's a good and, distinction. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they were the first – they anyway. were the first murdered for food. Um, and then yep. you know, two days later, they stumble across their village, and those villagers help them and give them food and acorns. Like how uh, it's ins- it's insane to me. Um, and yeah. and so they get to the whole ordeal. And I got to tell you, if forget whether how your feelings about whether they were you know at the time, it's hard to look back. Yeah. It, yeah. To, you know, in our twenty first century eyes, looking back at the eighteen hundreds, saying like, oh, they should have done that. But you know, they were still murdering, whether they thought they were people or not. The only things if that's how they wanted to view them people the only people who were able to guide them out it would be like if you don't consider a horse a person okay well why would you kill it if it's going if you can ride it out of the forest it doesn't make any sense you know well but the miwoks had outlived their usefulness they were weakening themselves oh okay. uh, so you know they well it's they're expendable yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I get that. And I, I, like I said, I always try to be careful how I judge the past, but it just seemed kind of silly. So I'm f- always careful how I judge the past. You know, yeah. I, you, you, that's what I'm saying. Put yourself in, that, you know, their shoes. What would you do? You right, know, right. and, and uh, it, it, that's an answer only you can answer as an individual. And I told you what I would do. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would have done the same thing. I am positive I would have. Well, I will tell you, you, I'll tell you this. Here's what I would and wouldn't have done. And I do want to mention uh, that 17 went in and I think only seven survived the Forlorn Hope. Uh, They're the ones that ended up in Sutter's Ranch. Um, So just just to put, uh, you know, the final point on this, you mentioned what you would do in that situation. I got to tell you. I, I don't, so I don't put any judgment on them eating other human beings, cannibalism. You got to do what you have to do to survive. I will tell you what I wouldn't do because I couldn't live with myself if I survived, and that is murder my dog. I couldn't do it. I, I honestly couldn't. I could not. I would probably starve before that happened, uh, and I would fight off anyone else trying to kill my dog. People, I don't care. I don't care, Michael, about people. I'll eat them. I feel the same way. So does my wife, Suzanne. <laughs> She's and in I'll on this too. <laughs> good example. We, yeah. we talk about this all the time. Uh-huh. We'll be watching, really? you know, a, a cable series or a film. We, we, you know, 
the gorier the better you know sure. see, you, you know you see people just killed and maimed and so forth sure. but as soon as we're watching a movie and all of a sudden a dog appears or a little animal we get very cautious and sure enough <laughs> yep we'll we just cut it we'll just leap uh stop watching it because we know that animal's gonna die you right. know that animal's gonna die yeah, yeah. and but isn't that strange the human how we uh-huh. how we <laughs> we yeah. don't mind watching all these people our own kind die but uh I, I, I don't know if if it's an admirable thing, but that's ex- I feel exactly the same way. It is it is uh, weird from a survivalist standpoint. I, I, yeah, I, I just now now Margaret Reed was just compelled to do that because ultimately cash was not as important to her as her children. I sure. mean that was purely uh, as difficult as that was for her to do. She she felt that she had no other choice and. And and that's probably why her family survived. You know, we talked earlier that the Reeds were one of two families to survive intact. The other were the Breens, but the Breens did partake of human flesh. Uh, and and it's it I think it's miraculous that the Reeds did not were able to get through that whole thing. The other thing that's remarkable is Margaret Reed was not a very strong physical person. Remember mm. when James Reed, he, she was a second choice. He was engaged to marry her sister and her sister died. And then he, he married her and he married her on her sick bed. She was actually oh, in wow. bed when the marriage took place and she was plagued continually her whole life with migraine headaches. And I mentioned that quite a bit. She was, and, oh right, yeah, you did. And yeah. after after they were rescued, when she made it out, after that, from that day forward, she never had another migraine the rest of her life. Hmm. Wow. So I, I, I find those kind of things very interesting. That is, it makes <laughs> me feel that she did actually secretly partake in human flesh, and it cured her of all of her allergies. But uh, that's just my. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, probably not. She did. Uh, well, this, yeah. the, I, I so, like the way you put so, this, a tragedy within a tragedy. This is a very incredibly interesting story, a microcosm of what was going on. Um, it's fascinating stuff. It, it, it is. And, um, you know, it's, um, I think I say this, I know I do in the beginning of the book. I mean, we're dealing here with a taboo that's right up there with bestiality and incest. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Just the thought of, and that's what makes people shudder. Mm-hmm. But, but, but they don't have to. I mean, if you, if you know the whole story, uh, you can accept it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I don't judge Margaret for killing cash. I do want to mention that. I'm just saying I, I would not be capable. Um, um uh, no, nor, nor so. would I, the author of the book. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, 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 as a writer, I follow the adage of Henry James. If you want to write, keep cats. And I have two boy cats right yeah. now, Martini and Juniper. Uh-huh. And they're the most lovable animals I've ever had. They're my muses. They're every the acknowledgments of all my books, including this one, uh-huh. mention my cats. 
Oh, wow. uh, because they're very important to me and, yeah. and my writing. Uh, so I've had various cats and fortunately have all lived a long life. And, you know, um, of course, Hemingway famously kept cats. A lot of writers have kept cats, huh. but, uh, but, uh, I, I don't, I couldn't kill my cat. I couldn't kill a dog, you know, uh, at all. Um, I, I would, I, but I would. And I'm not sure I could kill a person and eat them. Right. I don't. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. But I do think I could harvest the dead. Right. As horrible <laughs> right. as that sounds. You never been in the situation. Know? I know it, it sounds weird because we're sitting here. You know, I can go in the refrigerator and get myself something to eat, a nice sandwich or whatever. So I don't have to. I am. We're talking. These guys were up there for six months. I am six months of starvation oh. away from that conversation. But it's good to know rationally that it's capable. I, I'm not. You know. It is good. I'm not judging you at all. I know. I know you would harvest organs as would I. No. But you you still haven't asked me a very important question. Nobody ever what's asked that? me this. Oh, what's curious. the question? What does human flesh taste like? Well, I assume you don't know. Oh, I do know. <laughs> Not, and I don't know. <laughs> Suddenly you were silent. I, I know. don't know from, my, <laughs> yeah. from personal experience. Okay. But in doing, in doing vast research, as I always do in these books, I actually found a case of a, uh, of a person back in the 19, uh, in the earlier part of the uh, 20th century, who was also curious about the taste of human flesh and did all kinds of research and so forth. And ultimately what he did was he actually procured through a doctor from a hospital, (laughs) (laughs) the the pound of flesh. Wow. And he he was given it and, uh, and he uh, prepared it and sauteed it and ate it. Hmm. And, and of course, when I tell people this, they always say, Oh, did it taste like chicken? No, no. It, it tasted very much like sweet veal. Squeak veal. That's very specific. Sweet. Oh, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. sweet. I was like, what's squeak sweet veal? <laughs> no, they took the squeak out. Right. No, yeah. sweet, sweet veal. Now, oh. th- that was a piece of weird, like substantial flesh, probably from a leg or It's like or a something. flank, human, a but, human flank steak. Yeah. But they also ate, uh, as I explained in there, they ate everything, including brains. You're right. And they ate organs. Yes. And the, those were, uh, I'm sure they tasted much like the organs that you eat uh, uh, when you eat fowl or whatever. Yeah. A liver is a liver is what you're saying. Brains are brains, liver are yeah. liver taste-wise. But I, you know, I, I didn't put all of that in the book, of course. I mean, I <laughs> That's what an extra episode I, is for. This is the perfect place for it. Yeah, so I'm giving you a little extra there, yeah, too. Thank you. Sweet veal. So I don't want you to be forced, you know, driven intellectually to say, I've got to find out what this tastes like. Right. No, I and, appreciate and, that. And digging up a corpse or something. Don't do it. Okay. You've saved You've saved me. Thank you, <laughs> the Sheriff. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. And I want to yeah. thank everyone for listening. Have a good night.